It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting at Council Bluffs, online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting seven days a week, joeskarting.com, for information about uh, seasonal hours, discounts, do's and don'ts, prices, how-to videos. It's a great place to go to, joeskarting.com. And I did see the other day when I was down there for the uh, Tricky Try Slick Oval Series, Slick Track Series, uh, (laughs) correct name pending, by the way. Uh, But I was over there and they do have the uh, VR machines up and running. So if you want to go over there and find out what a uh, VR machine, uh, iRacing VR machine is like, just head over there and uh, I didn't get pricing on it, but you could race it for a certain amount of time. You could race any racetrack around the area. Excuse me, as long as it's scanned in. ID and Eagle aren't scanned in, but go race Knoxville Raceway and uh, have yourself a good old time. And if you guys are interested in getting an iRacing computer, uh, you don't have to go VR, but oddly enough, it is the cheaper way to go. And I think it's the better way to go. And uh, they're uh, they're starting at $1,600 now. So uh, prices have come down considerably. Give me a call, Taylor Computers and Repair, 402-659-5641. Dirk, how was your Thanksgiving? Short but sweet. Yeah? Yep. We had a uh, Thursday and a Saturday, and I am still a little bit sore from all of the food. Oh, I didn't get sore from the food. I went over to the casino, and they had a $16 turkey dinner, so I took my uh, buddy, Mr. Wilson, and we went and had some turkey, a couple of bachelors, and uh, watched a lot of football, and... Made a $30 bet on the Huskers at, at plus 320. So that was worthwhile. There you go. And they were in a three-teamer with two other teams at even money. So a $10 three-teamer cashed me in for 15 times my bet. So, And uh, I know this isn't racing talk, but might as well ask it. Uh, how are you feeling about the new guy? I'm not impressed. I said when, when Mickey Joseph got the interim job, I looked at the schedule. I said, if he wins three games, they ought to offer him the job. And he won three games. The problem is he personally, well, you can't say personally, but I think he's responsible for the two of the losses. Yeah. You know, we had three games this year. Uh, after halftime, we had double digit leads mm-hmm. that we didn't win. And a lot of that falls on coach. I'm sorry. Um, the Wisconsin game fell on the offensive coordinator. He went brain dead. But uh, and they tried to do it in the Iowa game, twenty-four to nothing, and and about gave it away. I tell you, I don't think either team wanted to win that game. Uh, Nebraska's at the point right now with their players; they play good and they know how to to do things right. They build a twenty-four to nothing lead, mm-hmm. but then they don't know how to finish because they haven't they haven't done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I hope Mickey Joseph stays on for a little bit. I, I have, I, you know, I don't know what to think of this Matt Rule guy. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, I'm I'm rooting for a loss uh, uh, every uh, end of uh, November. So, <laughs> now everybody thinks that you know he turned these programs around. All I look at is he was two and sixteen against ranked teams, zero mm-hmm. and eleven at Baylor, where he was supposedly a god. You know, I I look at that, and Mickey Joseph ain't sticking around. There's too many, um, I don't know what to call it, 
it it'd almost be like a second hand in the hen house. Yeah. Too many chiefs, not enough uh, tribesmen. Well, he's been the head coach for nine games for the players that are coming back. Yeah. It's going to be hard for them to forget that. They're going to have to, you know, learn who the new boss is. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, there's an offer out there. And that was all stated when, when he took the interim job and they kind of upped his contract, gave him a little more money and stuff with his title. But, uh, I mean, he got a raise to 600000 and the new guys start at five-plus five, five plus million. <laughs> you know, I mean, it averages – he's averaging $9 million a year. But it starts yep. at five, and, and if he if he's here at the eighth year of his contract, it's $12 million bucks. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens. So. Getting back to the racing world, uh, coming up in turn number two, we're going to talk with Roger Hayden. Roger dropped some good information and, uh, as always, is a good conversation uh, he's going to kick off our Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews. We'll talk to Roger again coming up in turn number two. December 6th, 6th next Tuesday, uh, we'll have Joey Danley. Then on the 13th, we'll have Matt Andrews. Dylan Richards will be on the 20th, and Jordan Grabowski is going to round out the year on the 27th. But Most uh of guys I, went and picked up some heavy iron last weekend. Uh, yeah, they did. I saw that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I thought uh, Roger's interview went really, really well, so. I'm excited to play that coming up in turn number two. In the meantime, let's talk about some local news and notes. Well, looks like uh, Park Jefferson has done a 180, and they've decided to switch back to Saturdays. Uh, when did that happen? Because I haven't seen that yet. I ain't been on Facebook today. So. That was yesterday. They, they put out a quick post, said we're back to Saturday schedule, blows the proposed 2023 schedule. We'll add some more specials. The reason Interstate Speedway will run on Sundays. So they've decided to switch back to Saturdays to not step on the toes of another racetrack. Well, they weren't stepping on the toes because a couple of weeks ago, there wasn't going to be an Interstate Speedway this year. So somebody else has stepped up and taken the track. Yeah. Well, Don't know who. Yeah, the other promoter backed down. He said, hey, he goes, I just can't do it this year. We need to take some time off. And that's why they, one of the reasons they were moving. And it was also smart for them to move. But well, I, I don't think he was he just stepped down. There was my understanding is there was somebody that was they were working on trying to find somebody. They just didn't have anybody yet. So, well, yeah, that's it. But now evidently they've got somebody because it's getting mm -hmm. awful late to, to be stepping into that promoter shoes. Yep. You know, so but yeah, they must have got somebody in great for interstate. Another track that's still going to run. I'm happy yeah. for that. So it looks like they'll do a test in tune April 28th. They'll have opening night on April 29th. And then they'll do 5,000 to win sport mod race on June 19th and 20th. I believe that is a Monday and a Tuesday. IMCA weekly racing. Then they're going to have the dirt crown on August 14th, 3,000 to win with 200 to start. That's going to be a Monday show. Uh, season championship will be August 26th then they're going to have uh, another practice getting ready for the iron cup on uh so practice will be september 28th iron cup will be september 29th and 30th and then they've got a special event to be announced set for august uh, october 7th it sounds like that'd be a saturday night i was gonna say well maybe they're gonna try and get uh you know kyle larson group to show up but not on a saturday so yeah yep so park jefferson speedway racing back to saturdays yeah. Off-Road Speedway announced in conjunction with XR Super Series from Off-Road Speedway's Facebook page said on, on Thursday, April 13th and Friday, April 14th, we will 
two $5,000 to win and $1,000 to start the A feature. And Friday we'll pay a hundred thousand dollars. So, you know, again, grammar is important. <laughs> I don't know what that means. We will two $5,000 to win and a thousand to start. So well, they're I'm gonna more be... interested in a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, we'll get to that. I'm, I guess I'm just kind of hung up on editing. I'm, yeah, I I don't know if it's going to be two different features. If they're going to pay five thousand to the winner and then f I don't sounds know. Like two shows with five grand to win. Okay, so like. so they're going to do two A features in the same night. I I don't know why they do that, but they do have shows like that where they run split A features. So yeah. Oh, maybe that's it. it it'll it, some of the field goes into a feature number one, some of it goes into a feature number two. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah. So, and then I went back and kind of poked around at this. Travis Johnson sent it to me and said, "Off road speeder are really stepping up." Again, Thursday is going to be two features paying five thousand to win. The fourteenth on Friday is going to be a hundred thousand to win with twenty five hundred to start. And then looks like the World of Outlaw late models are going to be at Off-Road Speedway June 25th for a 10,000 to win race. Yeah, now if you look at the XR schedule, they've got the same setup at Volunteer Speedway in Tennessee in March. The same setup in uh, a three-day mm -hmm. in November in Vegas. They got the 5K five, five to win twice on the 9th, 5K to win on the 10th, and 100K to win on the 11th, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. If they're able to get that race in, that that man, hundred thousand dollar to win race, and it looks like they're paying several of them. Volunteer Speedway on the twenty fifth, like you'd mentioned, the the double five thousand to win races. What they're going to pay one, two, three hundred thousand dollar to win races. That's what I see, and then one, two, three, four, five, twenty grand to win races. Yeah, and the July tenth races, they don't even have a speedway yet. Hmm. I eighty speedway. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wait a minute. What is that open date for uh for the two open Wednesdays on uh Eagles schedule? Well, they've got a Monday in here for July 10th. Oh. Yeah, because oh, that was God. that was to be determined Wednesdays, right? Yeah, my yeah, the other one was Tuesdays and Wednesdays, I think, for Larson and Sweet series. But this uh I'd have to go back and either look at the World Outlaws schedule or something. I'll bet all of these races are real close to either a World Outlaws race or a Lucas race. Yeah. Good. Another big money show coming to the area. That's great. I got no problem with it. Yep. Good luck. I hope they pull it off. Hope it becomes an annual deal. And I don't believe that'll be the richest paying race in Nebraska. I think I-80 is still going to have that, right? They paid 100 and... Oh, well, it'll probably be the richest race this year. Yeah. But I, I think I-80's got that record. With, what would they pay for that one? Um, silver, the 10th anniversary Silver Dollar Nationals. Was it 101,000? Uh, it was 101 uh, laps. Maybe it was only 100,000. Or maybe I'm well, just crazy. Think, you would think if it was going to be a 10th anniversary race that it paid, if it was going to pay a, a, a goofy number to pay 110. Yeah, and that might have been I it then. Know. I don't know. By the way, tentative dates for uh, Eagle Raceway were Wednesday, June 8th and Wednesday, June 28th. We'll get more information about that coming up in turn number two when we talk with Roger Hayden. So keep an eye on the off-road speedway schedule. Big things happening there. Those guys are really stepping up with some big paying races. Congratulations to all the winners of the turkey chase this weekend. Saw a lot of great pictures, a lot of... Uh, Happy kids and uh, seemed like the racing went really well. I didn't get a chance to jump in 
and uh, watch any of the races on uh, Advantage Racing TV. But I was going to try to kind of thumb through some of the winners, but there was 191 cars over. I'm just throwing a number out there, probably about 20 different classes. So I'm not going to take time to list off all the uh, different winners from the three different days, but congratulations to all those kids uh, and some of the adults too. They did a fantastic job. There's a lot of, I, I heard, I heard a lot of really good things about it. So that's a really cool event. Yeah. Everybody I saw posting on Facebook seemed to have a lot of fun and uh, sounds like there was enough cars to go around. We and, will uh, uh, try to keep you guys updated. If there is another event coming up, typically we're going to see the, what is it? Nebraska cart shootout end of December, usually around new year's day. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think between Christmas and new year's, I think. <laughs> How about that? I love it when Facebook just listens to everything we say. I typed in that? Nebraska in my search bar and it popped up Nebraska cart shootout. And <laughs> it is it is happening December 30th and January 1st. Looks like it's going to be at the Lancaster Event Center this year. Uh, Ralph Woodard and Lee Miller are the contact information to be able to get uh, involved in the Nebraska cart shootout. So the only other piece of information I got for local news, semi-local news coming up this weekend is the Dirt in December. It is the uh, Gateway Dirt Nationals, December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Tickets are available still, and you can watch all of the racing, I believe, on Flow. Yeah, I believe it is Flow. Uh, the other one, wanted to kind of give an update on Shane Hyatt. Big thanks to Kylie for joining us last uh, Tuesday for a, a conversation. I know that couldn't have been easy for her. She's got a lot going on, so uh, glad she was able to do that. Glad she was able to join us. Uh, latest post as of Monday night said, another huge update. Doctors discussed Shane, and he is being moved to a regular room. They got out of ICU, I believe, on Friday or Saturday of last week, right over the weekend. And he got moved to an acute care unit, which meant he was still going to get high quality care. Well, now they've decided to move him into a regular unit to be able to get regular care. Uh, it's a big step forward. He is now in the lead trans transplant center room 4722. So if anybody wants to stop by, um, I'm sure Shane would, uh, would love to, to see some friends and some old familiar faces. You guys are able to do that. Good news there. Yeah, I wonder, uh, I mean, I don't know UNMC's protocol. I know a lot of it, but I don't know all of it. I wonder why he's in the transplant center. Maybe that's the only place I got beds. Yeah, maybe. All right, I think that does it for us. You got anything else? No, it was uh, kind of good. I mean, you didn't get to hang out too much unless you got to have lunch with uh, Rodog today, but it was kind of fun hanging out with him the other night. And, uh, you know, no, had I had to, unfortunately, I had to run just as soon as you guys got there. I had to. Ryan Kumpf and Scott Angel and uh, Rob had asked me to join their new podcast and kind of do an update on Shane. So I wanted to get home and do that. And that was kind of a lot of fun. If you guys uh, haven't heard about it yet, check out Inside Line uh, from the uh, Nebraska Dirt Crown. It's a production piece they're putting on. I believe they're good. Excuse me. They're going to do that every Wednesday. Uh, and that is going to be a Facebook live production. So check it out. Uh, we'll share it out on Facebook so you guys can check out what they've got going on. They've said on December 7th that they're going to announce their 2023 schedule for the East and the West series. Uh, oh, I got one other piece of news. Uh, you saw the post that Shelby County Speedway was going to go winging it in uh, 2023. 
they're hoping to add 10 plus sprint car shows between uh, race savers and 360s uh, and possible 410s. So good news there. Uh, those guys adding a lot of sprint cars to the bill. And I think that's going to draw some extra fans down their way. Yeah. Um, I wonder if they're just going to like try and throw the 360s onto a special or just try and, you know, every other week or every third week, throw them on a weekly show. I don't know what they'll do there. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. All right. That's going to do it for us in turn number one. Roger Hayden of Eagle Raceway is going to join us right around the corner in turn number two. Hang tight. Dirk and I'll be right back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you white knuckle racing by the river bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs for all the great sports action, all the great food, sights, and sounds. Uh, do you know any other place in town that was giving away a pallet of bush light? The answer to that question is, is no one because Quaker Steak and Lube is the only one that was doing it. And uh, if you missed out on that opportunity, shame on you because that was a cool opportunity to win an entire pallet of Bush Light. Joining us on the show now, Roger Hayden of Eagle Raceway. What would you have done with an entire pallet of Bush Light? Well, it depends on what the drivers did to me first, but I'd probably <laughs> drink some of it. <laughs> And uh, throw I, the rest of them at them. <laughs> yep, there you go. Maybe, I, maybe the, if I shared enough of it, they'd be happier. Hopefully by the time this airs, it'll be in my garage. Yeah, hopefully we'll have to find out because this is going to air on uh, this uh, November 29th. So a couple of days after the drawing, the right? Drawing 25th. Yeah, so just a couple Black of days after. Friday. Uh, like I said, Roger Hayden, uh, the owner and operator for Eagle Raceway. Uh, what is your official title? Just do you just stick with owner? Are you promoter? My official title with who? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's actually gr yeah. grunt. Probably. What does Paige tell you your title is? <laughs> uh, it'd be more racing. Tells me my title. That's true. She, she really does run that place. You ain't shitting. Man, she does a fantastic <laughs> job. Uh, but uh, joining us on the show now, Roger Hayden again. Uh, would you classify 2022 as a successful season? Yeah, I think it went pretty good. We didn't have many rainouts. Uh, we were able to get the shows in. It got pretty hot in the middle of the year, but it did. Other than that, I'd say overall it was a pretty good season for any kind of an outdoor event yeah. type thing. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, Kurt Merrill, the uh, director of production up in the announcers booth, we started a game in the middle of this of the summer of guess the number of gallons that was put on the racetrack, yep. and. We'd be at 80,000, 90,000 some nights. And, I mean, you just think about that amount of water. How many days does it take for you to put that down? 
Well, really only two yeah. because if we start too early, it starts getting soft. I mean, it's kind of a balancing act. You don't want to get too, too early. Otherwise, it starts getting too deep in the ground, and then you get soft spots. And so Ethel in turn one pops up. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah you got to kind of balance it out. And, when, well, and you're when, watching the weather, too, to make sure it's not going to rain the day you put water yeah, on or wind, vice versa. Sun, which direction the sun's from, which direction <laughs> the wind's from. You actually water one corner more than the other, depending on which direction the wind's blowing from. you got to water... Uh, one and two a lot more than you do three and four because three and four is going to hit the shade quicker. Yep. Right? Got trees over in three and four to cover some of the track early, keep it from drying out. It's it's quite the game. It, I tell you, that that's one of the things that I've talked about over the years uh, with doing this show and, and just doing announcing as little as I do. Uh, the the real wild card at on any race night is that racetrack. And, I mean, I've, I've seen it happen at racetracks where they're watering it just like they should. But then all of a sudden the cloud cover comes in and it's a completely different racetrack than, than it was heading. Yep, for sure. And uh, the wind wind changes directions. If you got a deal going with the wind where it's blowing out of the north and into the stands, then you got to water more. I mean, I'm kind of one of the believers, probably the few believers that I don't want my track dry slick, killing tires, and generally one lane when that happens. And yeah. So I'd like to have multiple lanes, but if we're going to blow dust in the stands, it's going to have to be maybe one lane for a while. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think I've kind of started to appreciate is the first couple of heat races, maybe the first couple of classes that go out, some nights they have to have a crappy track in order to have a good track for the feature. Yeah. We work on it at intermission um, and usually try to do something with it there. But when you're trying to roll 180 cars through in an hour, and get the heat races in. I mean, that's a lot of laps when you do the math. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you talked about, you know, some of the different things that you've tried. This year, uh, I think since I had started working there, this was the first year you'd done it where you moved the sprint cars to the start of the class because we were having issues with being able to get tires and it being so hot that it was kind of chewing up tires. Yep, and they kind of pissed me off. So, <laughs> Well, I thought they pissed you off afterwards <laughs> so that you switched them back. Well. Like they didn't show up for their hot lap session. You're like, well, guess we're going back to uh, you guys being last. Yep, that, that happened also. <laughs> first, I was, first I was mad because uh, they were complaining about the tire situation, which they were correct. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't not a fact. I mean, it was hard to get tires. Yeah. And uh, so we moved them up. But, but then they couldn't be on time, so we had to change the plan again. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I've, I've learned to, to, to definitely is a hard and fast rule with Roger Hayden is do not make me wait. Well, I guess I shouldn't say it like that. It's more of don't delay the start of the show. Yeah, we're all there for the fans, whether we want to really admit it or not. I mean, not, we, we try to put on a good show for the drivers and have a good track for them and stuff like that, but inevitably at the end of the game you got to have butts in the seats and you know if it ain't for the fans you're probably not running the racetrack right you're not taking as much of the bank well it takes a lot of bank <laughs> <laughs> uh i think you had you came on the show years ago and said that i want to say that in order for you to start a saturday night you're about twelve thousand dollars into it before the gate even even opens up yeah, if, you know, if we don't even get to race to start with, um, we're gonna lose twelve grand. You know, if, yeah. if we get if we get started, we're probably gonna lose twenty. If, you oh, know, wow. if we get part way in, yeah. And then to run a whole night's gonna be probably forty, 
40, 45 in that area. Yeah, and that's how much it's going to cost you with employees and water and fuel and maintenance and insurance, taxes, yeah, everything. Seat tax. We're in a stupid county that has a seat tax. A lot of people <laughs> don't know that. A dollar of every butt that goes through the stands, dollar goes Cass County. Yeah. I'm just glad that you kind of brought the figures to the table to put that out there. I know you guys dropped the 60th anniversary signage on the Facebook page today, and everybody's talking about, we want this, we want that, but this might give them a little bit better of an idea of what it really takes to put a show together. I mean, you're talking about $40,000 to put on a weekly show. You're not talking about 60000 to bring in the best yeah, with I think one I was, other class. I think I saw somebody said a $40,000 World of Outlaw show, and I'm trying to think of what year that might have been. Yeah, it's probably 60 years ago. Uh, it, it, and that's, that was probably when Beeman had the track. <laughs> that's kind of the secret behind the numbers is that I've, I've had the fortune of being able to watch from the background of how the World of Outlaw shows happen. It's not that the World of Outlaws call Roger Hayden and say, hey, Roger, we'd love to come work, come race at your track. Or Roger calls the World of Outlaws. There's a promotional company that is a middleman that basically pays the bill to get the World of Outlaws there. Yep. Yeah, most of the time we have rented the track to a, a secondary company. So that's I'm not a very risky type of guy. I don't have millions of dollars. Been doing so. yeah. 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 And I, I think you'd uh, uh, kind of let me in a little secret. Uh, the, the last year that the World of Outlaws was there, you were watching the ticket sales and you're like, it wasn't good until we were able to finally announce that Kyle Larson was coming and all of a sudden we had a packed stadium. Yeah. And one, it was just that fail swoop. And that, that's something that I, I've experienced. I was talking with James uh, as we were hanging out today that I think there has been two World of Outlaw shows in the Midwest since I've started announcing the last 12 years that I can confidently say made money. You're probably about right. You're one of them, and I think it was the last one at I-80 Speedway. There was just so many people there and in the pits that the promotional company finally made money, and that promotional company's been bringing them for three years. Everyone on Facebook, and this is the reason why we're talking about this, is because a lot of the comments are, you guys got to bring the world of outlaws, you got to bring the world of outlaws. I couldn't disagree with that more. I don't think Eagle has to bring the world of outlaws. Well, there well, goes your ratings. <laughs> you, you just saw the world of outlaws with uh, Danley out there racing and stuff. It's a sprint car with a wing on it. To me, I'd, I'd much rather see 60 race saver cars out there busting their ass putting on a show bringing the crowd with them than a world outlaw group that brings six or eight cars and you got to hope that somebody else shows up and maybe somebody runs with a race saver engine against them or you know fills a slot and mm -hmm. i mean it just i don't know i mean i think we've outgrown the world outlaws but I but on the flip side the high limits deal might be a possibility I'd I like it. I heard a Tuesday, rumor Wednesday about this. Shows or whatever they got going. Well, who'd you say brought the cars to the World Outlaws? Kyle Larson. Okay. Can you tell us if he's <laughs> called you yet? <laughs> I mean, this ain't a guaranteed deal, but thinking about it, yeah, that would be the one I would probably well, think about. You know, when when you talk, you got to have star power when it's the World of Outlaws, and I mean, Donnie Schatz is one of the best in the modern era, but. I don't think he's got the pole anymore. Uh, he's got Brad Sweet. He's, he's got race saver cars now. Yeah, for Brad, Brad Sweet. You got to have somebody like Kyle Larson in order to make that work. And and I think Kyle's got a good formula with the high paying weekday shows. And oh yeah, by the way, Kyle's going to be there. So 
you're pretty much guaranteed 2,000 to 2,500 ticket sales. And people have kind of been dying to have a you know, larger show at Eagle Raceway because I kind of try to avoid it a lot because, uh, you know, like the World Outlaws, they went to McCool for a while. And then <laughs> they've gone to I-80 for a while, and, you know, they've kind of fished around a little bit. And I don't know if they want to yeah. fish around, fish around. I'll stick with what I know with my bread and butter, which is the race saver cars. These, you know, there's 2,000 race saver cars in the country. Why do we want to diddle around with six World Outlaw guys? The I time, hear you. The 90s were the heyday for the World Outlaws. You bet. You know, Bellino, everybody knew Bellino made his whole year on one race. Yep. He'd run that track week in and week out and lose money, but he'd run that one race and come out ahead for the season. And that's the thing that I've tried to explain to several people is that you know, when they come to me with the stance of, and, and it's fine, I'm not criticizing their opinion, Roger's got to get this show, Roger's got to get this show, and my reply is, no, Roger doesn't. Roger has one of the most successful weekly shows. Why would he take away from one of those weekly shows for a gamble on a special? Yeah, and then, you know, we rent the track out to somebody, and they take the money home with them, mm -hmm. and uh, the week before, maybe, and the week after that particular race where they were charging $45 or whatever to get in the front gate, my fans now don't have enough money to come to a weekly show. Yeah. And I'll, I'll back up your thought on that. The, the Race Saver Nationals this year, the, the Friday and Saturday uh, last chance qualifiers, the, the, the D, the C, the B, that was some absolutely phenomenal racing. Those guys, absolutely, they were laying it out there. If they made a mistake, they didn't have the horsepower to correct it, so they had to find some other way of getting there. And God, that was just an amazing couple of days of racing. Yeah. I agree. When you can take 100 cars, and I, other than Dan Lee's probably got 50 horsepower over everybody else. but, <laughs> but Not anymore. But, but the race saver stuff, I mean, really, everybody's, you know, maybe 20 horsepower difference from best to worst. And, you know, the driver's what shows. When you got a yeah. 360, 410, whatever, any of it, you know, the more money you spend, the more power you can make. I mean, it's just guaranteed I don't, give a, I don't give a crap yeah. what it is if, if you're a 360 guy and you got $80,000 motor you're probably going to win some races because you're going to outpower somebody especially on a bigger track yeah and Jack Dover's come on and said he said the trickiest thing about a, a race saver car is that just like I kind of talked about if you make a mistake in a 360 or a 410 you've got the horsepower there to get you out kind of, of trouble get, right get you out of that trouble and a race saver you don't you you a don't make that mistake, or you're, it's going to take you two or three laps to to get back up there and start battling again. We're continuing to talk to Roger Hayden, uh, track owner for Eagle Raceway. So we've we've talked a lot about the different specials and and why you don't do specials. If there was a beginning of the year and the end of the year special that's kind of gotten trimmed down a little bit the last couple of years. And I mean, honestly, it's I like the way Eagle's schedule is, and it, you know, you may add a special here and there, and I'm not going to be opposed to coming out on a Wednesday night and, and watching some racing, uh, but I really do like the Saturday night feel of it. it. It is the most successful weekly show in the area. Yeah, we get a lot of loyal fans that come in week in and week out. I mean, what else can you do for $15 nowadays? I mean, it's pretty cheap entertainment as long as... Long as some of the guys put on good shows, which generally happens, I, I yeah. think they'll keep coming back. I don't know if we've had you on the show since uh, you made the move uh, to remove the sport compacts and add the stock cars, but that seems to have worked out pretty well for you. Yeah, I like the stock car <laughs> classic. It's 
a good show for sure. And the cool thing is about the stock cars, you know, if you if you do wreck a stock car, you can probably fix it. Yeah. If you wreck a sport compact, you probably got to build another one. Uh, well, a stock car class, I mean, it, it didn't morph from the old Pro-Am class from back in the Sunset days and Eagle days and whatnot. But it's that type of car, and that's been great racing for 30 years. Yeah, yep. They've gotten a little more sophisticated oh, with them, for sure. Very much. And they handle better and all this, you know, got better tires and such. It's a modified with a funny body. Yep, yep. <laughs> they, they go very good. They're very competitive. They race close. It seems like they're all uh, pretty tolerant of each other and, you know, don't drive out their backsides very often. <laughs> yeah. Very often. Sometimes it does happen, but... Occasionally, you know, that's it, everybody. That's what happens, but... So you guys, uh, on uh, November 7th, released your uh, graphic for the 60th season. That's an insane amount of years for one track to be running. Yep, that's for sure. And really, the actual design of the track, the layout of the stands, most of that stuff has remained. Yeah. You know, there's been upgrades over the years, but, you know, overall, it's... It was a deal where I think somebody got really lucky and started digging a hole, and and uh, the stands faced the right way where they didn't get dust in the stands very often, and they were able to go to the concessions and buy food and still watch the races at the same time. You know, it was, it was just a good layout. They yeah. did, did a really good job of getting lucky. Well, I, I think that the way the track is laid out, Dirk, you could probably talk to it better than I can, of, of if, if the track entrance has always been turned to, and the exit's always been turn one, but that just makes for great flow. That that you could literally pull one feature heat race off, the next heat race on, and by the time they come around and go into turn three, they're lined up and ready to go. Yeah, as long as he, somebody's not jacking around on the scale or whatnot and then tries to cross right in front of the green flag. Seen yeah. that a time or two. <laughs> yeah. Or drop the microphone as the as he's crossing the racetrack. Not this cowboy. <laughs> Hey, I, I was at a truck race once where the flagman reached out to throw the green flag, and he threw it right down on the track, right in front of the field to start the race. So, hey, it happens everywhere. But those little things happen, and, and the part that we're kind of getting to here is that you run a very tight ship, and a lot of drivers, if they don't know it, they learn it really quickly. Don't screw around. We need to go racing. We want to be done by 9, 9.15, 9.30. We want fans in the pits hanging out. We want fans getting home, not being out too late. Yep, and uh, so we do that for multiple reasons. One of them is because I get tired of watching stuff nowadays, too. Yeah. I mean, if I'm there more than three and a half hours, I'm starting to get tired of racing, and I'm a race fan. Yeah. So I can't even imagine the lady standing, you know, in the stands with a two-year-old, what they're putting up with. I mean, you just can't do it nowadays, especially. I've, I've been blessed with the two tracks that I've worked for that that's the mentality for both tracks. It's very much... Let's get going. Let's keep it rolling. You know, you go to other racetracks, and there's times where we sit there, and I'll I'll just say it. I I am not a fan of Knoxville Raceway at all. <laughs> the number of times I literally one year was sitting at their biggest race, and I'm using quotes for those of you that are on the podcast. It was an hour and fifteen minutes between B feature and A feature. I fell asleep. No, you didn't. I, you were drinking beer. You never snored. I was. I had my you. shoes on. I fell asleep. <laughs> I did not. I. I fell asleep at the biggest sprint car race in the world, and after that, I was like, I'm determined to not ever deal with this again. And the Chili Bowl does it. Knoxville Nationals do it. It's just, I, there's no reason why we have to be sitting around doing nothing. Not enough cars. 
I guess. And, and that's, again, it's a credit that I can give to the Race Saver Nationals is that you've got 100, 110 right around their cars. It moves incredibly smooth. And, and I'll give credit to my co-partner that when you're out working the track and some other tracks would take a break and not play any music or not do anything, we're doing things to keep the fans active and to keep people moving because there is going to be a half-hour break in there. But you're working the track as to where Knoxville, I don't know what they were doing. They weren't, certainly weren't reworking the track. Well, in all honesty, Knoxville does. I think about 15 minutes of that wait that night was for the TV to come on. And then their driver or introduction is just stupid. Yeah. They should cut that in half. <laughs> I mean, they bring everybody out, and they actually interview them for three minutes, and then they walk <laughs> off the stage, and then they wait another two minutes to Man. get the next one up there. We shouldn't talk about other tracks this way. This is bad. Oh, okay, sorry. This well, is like bad omen. Sorry. Yeah, I'm <laughs> jinxing you now. Any changes you you and, and Racine have been kind of thinking about for next season, about maybe some tweaks you want to make to the schedule, to the procedures, anything like that? Well, probably the biggest thing going on right now is uh, – I'm getting old, just no. like other promoters are no. getting old. No. And other promoters are checking out, and I'm thinking I'm getting into that boat a little bit. So Racine's going to be the owner of the track very soon. Oh, wow. Uh, how old are you right now? 60. 60. No, shut up. You are not. Yep. You are not 60 years old. Finally got his up to his IQ. My God. Is he really? Wow. I, I would have guessed early 50s. Well, so despite thanks, your... but I'm still not going out on a date with you. <laughs> what did you just say now? <laughs> I got a young girl to date me. I'll, I'll get an old man to date me. Uh, so yeah. Racine's going to slowly take over ownership of the track, and, yeah. and what do you picture your role being? I mean, slave. Advisor. Slave. Okay, yep. so you're going to continue to be a slave. You're just not going to make near as many millions. That's correct. <laughs> so when did my track prep lessons start? Can you see good enough? Oh, you got a license now, yeah, don't that's you? That's right. Yeah. I can't even make fun of you anymore. Yeah, that's right. Oh, oh no. Those days are done. We can. <laughs> we still do. So and you continue to, to, to see yourself being the, the track prep and, and maintaining some of the facility? Yeah, we'll probably start training. She's got some kids. She's got three boys. So, yeah. I mean, they're getting old enough. They can learn how to drive it. I just realized Nate Thompson's uh, driving days are numbered now. He's got a son that's going to probably run some stock car stuff. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Anything else going on? I had a bunch of questions, there's, but... There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. The, the <laughs> well, go, tell us. The go-kart world turned upside down here now because we got... Well, we'll have to see what Little Sunset does because, uh, I don't know, I haven't seen a for sale, or not a for sale, but an auction sign in the front lot yet. So. Yeah. I don't know if they're sold or not. You're, we'll all see. Are you betting they're going to be running next year? Yes. Okay. You probably know more than I do. And I, I'm like, people always say to me, like, well, you, you know, right? And I'm like, I don't think you realize Joe Kaziski and I's relationship. He knows better than to tell me things. No. Nah, I, I mean, I don't know anything, really. But I would, I would suspect if it's this late, they're probably going to race. Yeah. Uh, and I was wondering about that, too. I've, I've had a couple of people that have asked me, do you think Roger will go back to a two-night no. running on the big track Friday and Saturday? I already do. My okay. go-kart go deal is pretty important to yeah. me. Um, Could you, would you consider moving that to Thursday or Sunday? No. Okay. No, not really. I mean, uh, we have, I have a family. My daughter has a family. 
I mean, at some point you're going to burn yourself out if you're there. I'm, I'm there every day. Yeah. And uh, she doesn't need to be there every day or she'll be ruined and we won't have nothing. <laughs> so, I mean, got to kind of balance things a little bit. Right. And the cart deal has done a good job of moving people up into the Saturday night racers. So, yeah. Well, I, and a lot of your cart racers are there Saturday night watching. Yep. And today, today, yesterday, looks like Tuxedo Speedway's probably not going to run. So, phone's oh, been Tuxedo, r- too. I saw the new Raceway Park was looking for a new promoter, but yeah. I didn't see Tuxedo wasn't going to run. Yep. That's too bad. So, everybody's scrambling around, you yeah. know, trying to decide what they're doing for roles and all kinds of stuff. So, to, well, be, on, to be honest with you, this is probably the year that. Our schedule is going to come out the latest ever because we're waiting on other tracks and to decide, you know, what's going on. But pretty soon here, we're going to have to make a move, which might be tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. you know, just if we run over other tracks, we're going to have to run over them, which I really don't like doing. But yeah, well, but your base, your basic stuff for the last several years has been been set. You know, your your season-ending race, the Race Saver Nationals, Labor Day weekend. So you kind of build your schedule backwards anyway. Some of that was courtesy for other tracks, though. Well. I mean, like, I-80 and I, we've always had an agreement where they ran the first two weeks of April, and I got the third one because I figured I was a smart guy, and that was going to be later in the season. It would be nicer. Yeah, how many times (laughs) has that worked out for you? (laughs) Not very many. Yeah. That usually sucks. uh, James was noting that today, too. He said, you know, it's – it is – despite the fact that you could be the the bully on the the block – you work really well with other racetracks to not step on toes and, and not make the drivers pick which track they want to go race at. Well, I kind of want them to come race with us because they want to race with us, not because they have to. Yeah. If, they, if they have to race with us, they're going to probably hate us because of the stupid things we do. You yeah. know, we're the clown and pony show. Yep, sure enough. You know, it's not all about the racing. Yep, sure enough. Speaking of clown and pony shows and go-karts, I'm wanting to have a no. all-star <laughs> announcer no. go-kart race. Get every announcer in Nebraska in a cage cart. Who's going to own all these? I mean, Ryan Sample was crazy enough to let me drive one of his, so I'm, I'm sure somebody will be crazy enough to put Dan and Anthony and everybody in a cart. I, I think we can make this happen. I just want a chance to where I can actually beat people. <laughs> okay. You get it all set up. We've been uh, talking with Roger Hayden. Uh, you realize that Dan's undefeated in challenges in yeah. go-karts, correct? I am. Actually, if any of you guys wanted to go karting, you should be running the leagues on Tuesday nights that Paige and I run. That's right. Well, you guys, I forgot to even talk about that, that you're the celebrity flagman and official for the uh, Slick Track Series over at Joe's Karting on Tuesday nights. Yep. And it's, How- so the first race did happen, and to be honest with you, pretty freaking exciting. Yeah. Makes me, think, makes me think my car track ought to be a slick track maybe once a month or something. I mean, it's good. Really it, good racing. The names that it draws. I mean, you're, you're seeing some of the best drivers around the area that uh, Jack Dover routinely goes there and races and has no, a good he time. He won the first night. Yeah. So. I think he won the championship last year. You know, Brandon Mitchell won it last yeah. year. There's some big celebrities there, and it's great racing. Yep. Every time I've gone over there, I've, I've had a hell of a time watching it. Yep. Yeah, the, my goal is by the end of the year, we'll have to put some stands in there. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good deal. I mean, it's really cool. Off-season, Tuesday nights, takes an hour and a half maybe, and yeah. you get to run a bunch of laps. And if, if you can drive worth a crap, you're going to do good. If, you well, can't, if, you, if you're a guy who needs a big motor and 
better tires and tire prep and whatever, you're probably going to suck. And it's kind of cool to see that happen. We've been talking with Roger Hayden, owner of Eagle Raceway. Something that you've mentioned to me several times is that a lot of people don't realize it or flat out ignore it. You're actually a late model fan. Well, I drove late miles a lot of years and <laughs> yeah. traveled around and such. Yeah. I mean, they assume that because you run Eagle Raceway and, and sprint cars are the big class that you must be a sprint car fan, but you're actually more of a late model guy. I am, but to be honest with you, after being around the sprint car stuff, mm -hmm. if I'd have been around the sprint car stuff more instead of late model stuff, I wouldn't be poor. I wouldn't be <laughs> working my ass off when I'm 60 and shit well, like that. Well, you still might be. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. That, that sprint car deal, that is the game. I mean, they, they spend a lot of money, no doubt, and, yeah. and time and effort. But So he preps his car a couple, three nights a week. The late mile game, you better be doing it every night of the week. Every night. Up to race time. Well, or, or you're going to suck. You were also running down to Georgia and Alabama and whatever else trying to race. So that didn't cost nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, gas prices back then were 50 cents a gallon. Probably was. You know? Yeah, yeah it was probably wage a little, was little different. 60 cents a gallon. Uh, <laughs> any other uh, changes you're planning on for 2023 that you'd be able to let slip on the show? I really don't even know what changes I'm making, to be honest with you. This, <laughs> this is like flying by the seat of our pants here. So Welcome to the front stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, for, for sure we'll race the normal amount of races and have that particular schedule. But depending on what else is around us, I, I mean, I, I really think it sounds like McCool's probably going to run a handful of races maybe at the most. And um, not sure what I-80's doing. Uh, Harlan shortened the track, which I think will give them a little vigor and zest, and maybe that'll help them a bit. Yeah. Uh, but I think some of their leadership is going to be a problem. Denison does a good job. I think their sprint car show is going to be up this year. I think they'll do. A, I think they'll really be the the winner in this whole game. I think will be probably Denison. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just Beatrice. You know, I think that. I think if they could run a handful of shows and get by with it, they'd be happy, but I think they'll still run the full season just like they'll be forced into doing it, I guess, yeah. more than anything. So Would, that's kind of how I look at all these tracks around me anyway, and I don't know, at some point we just got to go. Would you be open to more local tracks doing race saver stuff, like if Beatrice wanted to pick up one race saver show a month on Friday nights? Well, we tried. Well, that might kind of hurt Denison, too. Yeah, we can't do that because Denison put their neck on the chopping block and, yeah. and took on the sprint car, so I wouldn't really want to do that. Um, in a way, I wouldn't mind having a tour back again, you know, and hit some tracks with, a like, a little tour deal, uh, but it's going to have to be somebody else. I can't do it. There you go, Dan. Nope. I have no interest. I see Roger do it on a daily basis. I have no interest. It's a lot of work. It and is. The, and the tour deal, so around the country, you know, since I own Race Saver or, or part of it, around the country what I see is if you're in an area where you have a weekly track and then maybe a tour or a couple weekly tracks and tour, you're golden. Yeah. If you have just a tour in an area, kind of sketchy because I think the deal is the drivers just don't know whether they can trust you to be there week after week or not. Hmm. You know, because the guy who's got a tour, what's he – URSS, what they, or, uh, yeah, that's what it's called in Kansas, isn't it? URSS? Yeah, United Rebel. So, like that deal, I mean, what they really sell? 
10 radios and a 8 by 10 trailer. I, I mean, when they sold that deal, you know, if you, if you own a racetrack, you're committed. Yeah. You know, if you're going to survive pay bills and such things, you got to make shit happen. So I think if you don't have a weekly track in an area, you're kind of in trouble. That's interesting because I, I hear a lot of drivers and some fans say that they feel like the weekly racing is going the way of the Dodo Bird. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't. It, it's probably the you're probably talking to drivers that have big toters and travel around with, you know, their families and stuff in a toter yeah. and a big trailer and carry two or three cars or whatever, you know, that that person, they're, they're out there. But there's not that many of them. I mean, at some point, the weekly racing is going to have to survive at a weekly track. Yeah. We've been talking with Roger Hayden, owner of Eagle Raceway. Uh, one other question. We'll probably have a couple of more, even though we're going a little long on the interview. It seems like it's going decent. Uh, uh, you're still sitting here, so I haven't pissed you off yet. Um, <laughs> yes, you did. You invited I've, him. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard some, some fans say that they feel the format for the Race Saver Nationals needs to change up a little bit. Um, I couldn't disagree more. I hate qualifying time trials. Yep, I agree. I hate time trials, and there's fans that say, well, the Race Saver National's got to have time trials. Any thoughts on changing up the format of how you qualify for the A features on Sunday? Well, the time trial deal, nobody does it with more than 50 cars, and they split it into two days at Knoxville and stuff. Anyway, you know, the same cars don't run each day. They get right. 100 cars, but only half of them run on a day. Right. And there's no support classes or anything like that. So. Um, and they still run longer than your show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we give everybody, my opinion is, we give everybody so many opportunities at the Race Saver Nationals to make the feature. Yeah. That... If you need more chances, then I think you get, like, I don't even know how many. You know, you might have seven, eight chances throughout three nights of racing to try to, to try to make the feature. If you can't make it in that many, you're not going to make it. Yeah. You know, you probably shouldn't it, do it. It is difficult. And, you know, you feel bad for guys on Friday night that have a bad heat race, and all of a sudden they're starting in the E. The chances of them making it into the A feature to, to fight are so slim. But... That it's, puts it's a lot happened. of weight on heat races that don't have that mistake. Don't make that mistake. Don't, you know, make sure your stuff is buttoned up. It's the biggest race of the year. When mm -hmm. they go to the Daytona 500, you think they show up half-ass? Nope. No. I, I like the format, so I'm glad. I'm, now that I'm they got charters, some do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I really like the format of the Race Saver Nationals, so I, I'm glad to hear that that you're not a fan of time trials either because that, that that would just absolutely put me to sleep. The thing we changed a couple years ago was it, it became an accumulated points deal throughout all your races. So all your heats count for points, all your, you know, if you're in the E, the D, the, you know, on yeah. and on, you know, all those count and add up, and that, that's how the last night's lined up. Yeah. So, so it's, so, yeah. And, and that's great because that rewards you for even if you – have a bad heat race, you run through the E and make it all the way up, let's say you just miss it by the B, you've got some pretty good points Correct. for Sunday if you're not able to make it on Saturday. Yep. Yeah, it'll get you in a good race, good chance uh, to make position. Most of the yeah. races, you know, even the, even the, you know, every, every race, basically half the cars in a 
in like a C feature would go to the B, and nearly half the finishers of B will go to the A. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of them are transferring. It's not like you got to win the thing. Right, right. James, any questions for the boss man? I just look forward to seeing what happens next year. I, I hope the... I hope the High Limit series opens up their heart and opens up their wallet, because that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. If nothing else, we got school bus races planned, so. All right. That'll probably get just as many people. Oh, I'm sure. They always <laughs> pack the place. They love them buses, don't they, folks? <laughs> That's going to do it for us today. Uh, big thanks, Roger. Appreciate you sitting down and have a conversation with us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. We're going to be back next week. Uh, we will do more headlines on Tuesday. And Joey Danley, the race saver, uh, sprint car champion at Eagle Raceway, will join us. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. Big thanks to James Rolla for joining us. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced and usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17.